Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Hi, everybody. Happy Easter. Hope you're all out there with us this morning. Hey, if you're there, like us or hit like or throw us up a comment. Let us know you're here this morning. It's always nice to see your comments and know that there's somebody out there moving and breathing and awake on this Easter Sunday. Uh, I see Dee Dee's with us. Good to have you. You guys go ahead and check in. Let us all know you're here uh, on this Easter. Keep commenting throughout. It's appreciated. That way we got a little feedback. That's always a nice thing. You know, they talk about sometimes Easter Sunday being the Super Bowl of, uh, of church services for pastors. Well, I guess this is what it's like to uh, play the Super Bowl in what feels like almost an empty stadium. So, Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your likes. Thank you for letting me know you're out there. I see people checking in now. Great. You guys keep doing that. Uh, good to have you all with us this morning. And uh, it is Easter Sunday. Who, who knew that we would be looking at this uh, a few weeks ago when this all started? Hey, as you're coming in this morning, let me just share a few things with you. First of all, re really glad to have you here today and uh, glad to have you a part of this worship service, uh, even though it's very much a different format. Uh, if you have a prayer request... Uh, go ahead and get it posted. There should be a link on our Facebook page that you can you can click on, and that'll take you to our webpage where you can throw out a request. And we're going to pray here in just a little bit for those needs. So if you have a prayer request, go ahead and and uh, take care of that now. The other thing is, being Easter Sunday, we wanted to um, we wanted to have communion today. We wanted to make this a special day in that way. So here's the deal: we we did our very best to get communion elements to everybody in the church, but it's entirely possible. Um, you're here this morning and you're a guest and you didn't don't have any. We didn't get any to you, didn't know you'd be here, or maybe we even missed somebody. And if we did do that, I apologize, uh, but it is a possibility, although we tried really hard. So here's the thing, okay? For us, communion is symbolic. It, it's something we do out of 1 Corinthians as a remembrance of what Jesus did for us. So here's the deal. If you don't have uh, the actual official, if you will, communion elements this morning, um, just sometime right now, send somebody, get a piece of cracker out of your pantry. Uh, get It doesn't matter. Get grape juice if you've got it or Kool-Aid or something. Just get something to use this morning symbolically because we'd love to have you participate in communion. And I know, especially under these circumstances, God absolutely understands you use what you have at hand, okay? Um, but we'd love to have you join us here at the end of the service when we take communion together. So just wanted to throw that out there to you guys, all, all, all you guys, and, and uh, give you a chance to get a little bit of a head start on that if you need to do that this morning. Hey, as I mentioned, like us so we know you're there. But not only that, um, like and share the page. This is a great way to get what God's doing in the gospel outside of the church walls because we're literally no longer in the church walls, within the church walls, right? So you guys uh, have watch parties. Throw out shares, throw out likes, um, let your friends know, uh, copy and paste, whatever it takes, but get the word out there to people that don't normally aren't normally a part of a church service, because this is just a great opportunity. So I want to continue each week to encourage you to do that. I still, still see people coming on. Good to have you guys here. Happy Easter to you all, and uh, just so thrilled to have you today. Hey, if you are a guest this morning, um, let me just say welcome. We're really glad to have you. Uh, a part of what we're doing, and I know each week we have a number of people here for the first time. Uh, if you happen to be here on a Sunday morning and you're a part of our page, 
Uh, again, thank you for coming, but I also want to share this with you. If you'd like to be a part of our Bible study and our deeper study that happens on Wednesdays, we'd love to have you go to our group, our Facebook group, and also uh, join there. We Just throw out a, a join request, and we will absolutely um, accept you and love to have you be a part of that. And that happens on Wednesdays at 6.30, so I wanted to throw that out to you as well. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I get all of my announcements in here. Hey, we had Easter egg hunts and resurrection eggs this weekend, and I, I saw a lot of stuff thrown up by you guys onto Facebook videos and pictures, and thank you for doing that. Listen, if you didn't get that stuff out there, um, please, after service today or sometime, go and do that. Let us see what happened in your family and your kids, and, and I hope those of you that didn't have kids and didn't have grandkids with you like me and Ruthie actually are in that boat. I hope you took some time and did the reading and been reading through the Easter story. Um, so I just want to throw that out there and we're going to pick somebody. I don't know who it's going to be. Somebody's going to pick somebody uh, to be, I, I don't know, to have the cutest picture, the best picture, whatever that might be. So throw those out there and whoever uh, gets that number one rating, whatever that means, we are going to, uh, we're going to throw you a Starbucks card as well. So you can enjoy a little bit of a drive through uh, Starbucks experience right now. Uh, we want to pray this morning, and I, I want to pray first of all over um, finances, I, because I, I know right now everybody that's a part of the church and everybody that's just a part of the world is is concerned and, and struggling on one level or another about finances. So we want to do this this morning. We want to pray. Pray over our offering. I, I believe this to be true, okay? I know God blesses his people for their faithfulness, and you all are incredible with that. So let me say that. Um, I also know God cares for his people. Uh, all right, I know that to be true. But I also know this, God gives wisdom in the best ways to use the finances that he provides us. God never comes up short. So let's just take a few minutes this morning, just a moment. If you'll agree with me in prayer, let's pray over finances for the families of the church, those that may be guests with us this morning, and, and what God's using uh, Souls Harbor for as well. Father, we love you. We thank you. Uh, when we had a weekly gather together corporate service, we would always pray over our finances and over those of the family. And this morning, we extend it beyond that to everybody that may be here listening. We ask you, God, for your blessings. We ask you, God, that you would provide. We ask you this morning that you would give us this day our daily bread, as the Lord's Prayer says. We ask you this morning that you give not only the leadership of the church, but individual families and husbands and wives wisdom, Lord, to know how and where to use the finance they have. We're trusting you in these, these challenging times. And Lord, on this Easter morning, when we remember you provided your son, God, how can we doubt that you wouldn't provide every need we have? We ask it in Jesus' name. We love you and praise you. You're awesome. You're our God. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you guys for joining me in that this morning. Uh, we also want to this morning, before we jump into our sermon, we want to pray for a couple of special needs that have came in. And I, as far as I know, these are the only two this morning. But if you have some others, throw them out there and we'll pray for them later. And these all go out to the prayer team throughout the week. We want to pray for Robert's grandfather. Uh, lost his, his wife, lost Robert's grandma, and, and he is having a, a hard time, as you can imagine. So we want to pray for him this morning. And I, I found out yesterday, patients... Uh, husband is having some breathing difficulties and some physical uh, challenges, so we want to pray for him this morning. So one more time, join with me in prayer. Father, we pray over these needs. We pray for Robert's grandfather. Lord, you know um, more than maybe anyone else the grief of uh, and, and the pain that comes with loss. So we ask you to be with uh, Robert's grandfather. We ask you to encourage him and to strengthen him and 
let him feel your presence and your peace in the middle of the grieving process. We pray, God, it's hard right now because we can't be around each other. And we pray, God, let him feel the presence of God in a very special way today. We pray over Jeff. We ask you to touch him. We're asking you to touch his heart and touch his body. We're asking you, God, to heal his lungs and whatever's going on there with the breathing. We're trusting you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, I still see people jumping in here, so it is good to have you with us today. Uh, we are going to jump into God's Word, and let me just throw this out again in case some of you got in late. We are going to, at the end of this uh, service, we're going to take communion together, and we sent out communion elements to everybody that we knew would be here and we could we could do this to, but maybe you're a part today and, and you don't have those, you are, you're, you're a guest or if we missed you, we apologize, but even that's possible. So here's what I would suggest. We take communion together. It's a symbolic remembrance act of uh, Christ's death. So if you don't have official, quote, official communion elements this morning, take a break somewhere in here or send somebody, get a little piece of cracker or bread from your pantry. Uh, if you've got some grape juice or you've got some Kool-Aid or whatever you've got, I, I, I know God gets this. He understands, especially under these circumstances, because we would love to have you join us for communion at the end of this service this morning. So I just want to throw that out to you and give you a chance to get ready for that and give you a little bit of a heads up this morning as well. Hey, let's jump into God's Word this morning. I want to preach this morning an Easter message um, that I I'm pretty excited about. And uh, it's not going to be super long today, but I hope you guys will hang with us for a little bit. Um, if you've got your Bibles, we've been working this week as, as a congregation through uh, John chapter 18 and 19. Today I'm going to pick up with John 20. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there to John 20, uh, verse 1. And that's kind of where I'm going to preach here in a moment. But let me start with this question for you this morning. Um, does what you believe matter? Does what you believe matter? Does it matter? Now, as you guys get ready to throw me out some answers here along the way, uh, let me just give you a couple of thoughts. Now, I put a lot of really uh, deep research into this, okay? I spent at least three minutes on Google uh, to get this answer. Um, what, do, what are some, some I just kind of went the crazy route, crazy things people believe and in, in religiously. And here's some of the stuff that I, I came up with. There are people that believe that all, um, all of us were seated on this planet by aliens and that God is an alien. Okay, that's one belief. So does what you believe matter? Uh, there are those that believe in time travel. They believe that those from the future have actually already visited us here in this present day and, and, and age, and time travel is a very real thing. A lot of Actually, a lot of TV uh, out there along that lines right now. There are people that believe, seriously believe, not, not just fiction, not fantasy. They really believe that it is possible to transfer one person's mind uh, from one person to another. Uh, there are people out there that believe, and remember the question is, does what I believe matter? There are people out there that believe that the person that they're following right now uh, as their leader, their spiritual leader, their pastor, whatever they call them, they actually believe they are the Messiah, they are God. And, and some of you that have been around or have a little bit of uh, a life experience behind you, not even really all that many years, you can remember things like Waco, Texas, the David Koresh deal. Um, they believed he was Jesus, uh, come back again. Uh, some of you that have a little more life experience behind you probably remember Guyana and, and that tragedy. Uh, it's not been that many years ago, I remember this, where there was a group out west that believed that they were living in the apocalypse, and they all got together and they took their own lives believing 
that the, the Hale Bob, Haley Bob, Hale Bob, I think it was, comet that was coming through was a spaceship. And if they took their own lives, then they would ascend into the spaceship and they would be saved from the apocalypse. Does what you believe matter? Uh, I got to say it kind of does. It does matter. And, you know, if you believe what you believe matters, then I think the other question, the next question, the obvious question is, why do you believe what you believe? It becomes really, really important because here's the thing. I can believe, I can believe that I'm incredibly handsome. All right. I can believe that I'm incredibly uh, intelligent. But if that's not the reality, then my belief doesn't really mean anything, does it? I mean, think about it. You can believe this morning, you can believe that you're the Easter Bunny. But if you being the Easter Bunny isn't connected to reality, what good is your belief? Now, I gave a lot of crazy illustrations, but let's bring this back to our beliefs and our faith. We believe that our sins are forgiven. We believe that um, we are going to all die at some point, but we believe there's going to be a resurrection. We believe that we can live life and live life eternally, but I think the same question has to be asked to us. Why do we believe what we believe? Because if what we believe isn't based in reality and isn't based in truth, then our belief doesn't mean anything. And this this morning, I want you to see this. This this morning is why this day is so important. It's why Easter is so vital. It's why Easter is so critical. Because the answer to some of life's most important issues are built on who Jesus is and on the belief that he is absolutely God. You see, Easter is important because the truth is, there were a lot of other really good teachers and charismatic teachers, even in the days of Jesus. There were other rabbis that developed a really big following. Jesus wasn't unique in that. Um, in the days that Jesus lived, there were a lot of people that were hung on a cross and crucified. Jesus himself was even crucified with two other men, two other people. In fact, a lot of those that themselves claimed to be Messiahs, like Jesus, some of them were crucified and, and died on a cross. So why do we believe what we believe? Where is the truth and where is the foundation that what we believe makes sense? That's where Easter comes in because here's the unique thing about Jesus Christ. The one thing Jesus can say, the one thing we can say about Jesus, the one thing we can say about our beliefs is Jesus, if he rose from the dead and he did rise from the dead on the third day, then our belief is built on, on the reality he was God because that's pretty special and pretty unique. And if Jesus was God, then it's safe and it's reasonable and it's fair and it makes sense for me to say if Jesus was God and Jesus said my sins are forgiven, then my sins must be forgiven. And if Jesus is God and Jesus says that you will, be, you will one day be, be, uh, meet him in the air and rise from the dead, then it's reasonable for me to believe that. If Jesus is God and Jesus says that one day you can have eternal life, then it's reasonable for me to believe that. It's reasonable. That's why this morning Easter is so vitally important. If you've got your Bibles there, I sent you there a minute ago, we want to look at John chapter 20 this morning. And let's just look into this a little bit. Let me read verse 1 for you, and let's just start there. And we're going to read through a handful of verses this morning. If you just jumped in, glad to have you with us this morning. Um, just continue to hang in there and, and be a part of our worship today. We're going to have communion at the end. And uh, let's go into God's Word for a few minutes, and let's, uh, let's see what He has to say about this whole thing of Easter 
chapter 20, verse 1 of John. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Now, let me just start there for a minute. That's a good place to begin this whole conversation today. Um, every one of the gospel writers described Resurrection Day this way, the first day of of the week. And it's easy to miss this. I want you guys to see this. I want you to understand this. I want you to appreciate how powerful Sunday is for us believers, okay? They, they don't describe Resurrection Day as the third day after Christ died. They describe it as the first day of the week. And, and, and get this, from the very beginning, from that first Easter, from that first Sunday, Sunday, the first day of the week became something special for us Christians, and the only reason that could have happened, especially coming from a Jewish culture where, where Saturday, the Sabbath, was everything, the only reason that could have and would have happened was because something incredibly special happened on that first Easter, the resurrection. You see, the first day of the week, Sunday for us believers, has become this. It's become what to the Jewish people was in many ways the Sabbath. For us, it's become the first day of the week, what's called the Lord's Day. It's our, our day of gathering. And even though we don't physically, corporately gather at this moment, we still gather our hearts and our minds and our thoughts and our prayers together. And, and it's our, our day of gathering. It's our day of hope. It's our day of renewal. It's our day of refreshment. It's, it's the first day of the week. It's the day that we come back, we step back, and we always begin with remembering that it is the day that all of our beliefs were made true, were made whole, were, 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 were shown to be accurate, were shown to be real. It's the day that Jesus showed himself to be God. It was the day that he rose from the dead. That's the power of Easter. That's the power of that first day we see in John chapter 20. It's the day that our beliefs went from being a mental thing to being a heart thing. The first day of the week built on Easter. My hope for you this morning is this. For each and every one of you, if you're a believer, my hope is today this message will just drive your passion for Jesus deeper. But if you're here this morning and you're struggling, you've never had that moment of transformational realization where you realize Jesus really was the Son of God and it changes you. If you've never had that experience this morning, my hope for you is today before this sermon's over, this day's over, you'll have had that experience. And that's what we want to look at this morning. We want to take a little bit of time and we want into the life, look into the life of three people in this John chapter 20 chapter and how they went through this experience of being transformed from just kind of having a head knowledge that Jesus was something to being transformed to realize, wow, he really was the Son of God. Let's look at this this morning. Let's go a little bit deeper into this. Before we do, let me just share a little bit about these three people, okay? It helps to have a little bit of understanding of who they were. John, okay? John's a character. He doesn't really come off that way. Let's, let's, let's just see. Maybe some of you guys will uh, recognize John a little bit. John is the guy that talked to himself always, or talked about himself always in the third person. He wrote this gospel, most likely, and he never calls himself out as John. He is the beloved disciple. He is that that disciple he is always always just, he always talks about himself in the third person he's that guy okay uh john calls himself okay i said he's the beloved disciple you know why he's called the beloved disciple because he labeled himself the beloved disciple john would be the guy john would be the child john would be your brother or sister john would be the one in the family that declares without a doubt in their mind that hey um yeah i'm mom and dad's favorite 
I'm their favorite. I know I am. And I'll, now some may say that in jest, but not John. John would say that and really believe it. That was John. Okay, that's who we're talking about when we talk about John. Then there was Peter. Peter. Peter was the crazy one. Peter was the impetuous one. Peter was the one that always had something to say. Peter was the one that always put his foot in his mouth. Peter was the one that was always first in. Peter was the guy that when he went in, he went all the way in, not just a little bit in, didn't matter what he was doing. That was Peter. Peter, were, Peter was also the one that had the audacity to rebuke Jesus at one point and say, no, no, Jesus, you're wrong. You're not going to die on a cross. That's not going to happen. He was that guy. Peter was also the one that stood and told Jesus, Jesus, I'm willing to die with you. And then Peter was also the one a few days later that turned around and denied Jesus Christ three times. Peter was the guy, as we look into this this morning, that carried a whole lot of baggage along with him. That was Peter. So we've got John the Beloved, we've got Peter, and there's a third person, a woman in this, and it's Mary, Mary Magdalene. Now, Mary Magdalene, we don't know a lot about her, but one of the few things we do know about her is it, it, Scripture teaches us that she had seven demons cast out of her by Jesus, and, and that tells us a few things about Mary. Mary loved Jesus because he's the one that set her free. Mary was probably ostracized by culture and society. M Mary was probably the one that was considered crazy. This lady's just crazy, and she probably didn't have a whole lot of wealth, and she probably lived on the fringes of society and just barely got by, most likely, that's probably Mary Magdalene. Now let's do this this morning. Let's go back to God's Word knowing who these people were. John chapter 20. Let me read verse 1 again. There's another piece in here I want you to see as we talk about Mary and her coming to understand who Jesus was, okay? Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. Now, let me just stop there for a second, Okay. You say, Pastor Barry, at this rate, you're never going to get through these 18 verses. I promise you I will. We're going to spend a little bit of time on verse 1, so hang with me. You all don't, don't check out on me, okay? I'm not going to keep you here to 1 o'clock. I'm not going to keep you here to 12 o'clock. In fact, I doubt if you'll be here past 11 o'clock. So hang in there. There's some really good stuff in here I, I believe God's given me to share with you today. So I hope you'll hang with me. Mary went to the tomb, and, and John says it was still dark. Now, Maybe that wouldn't mean anything unless you actually take the time to go and read the other Gospels. And if you do that, you find out in Mark it says something completely different. In Mark it says this, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and the sun had risen. So you've got Mark saying the sun had risen, although he says it had just risen. And you've got John saying she went in the dark. So what is going on there? And there are people that point that and say, you know what? It just goes to show you Christians that your gospels aren't consistent. They're not accurate. They're not historical. You can't believe them. You can't trust them. So let me just tell you a couple things this morning. The first one would be this. Uh, it's kind of a half empty, half full, glass half empty, glass half full thing. It, it could be no more than that. It could be that, that Mark looks at the sunrise and realizes, okay, it's top the horizon. It's kind of there. So the sun was up. And John looks at it, because Mark says it was really early in the morning. The sun had just risen. John looks at it and says, yeah, the sun's not really up yet, so it's still dark. It's pretty dingy and dim out there. So it could be no more than that, but I think there's something deeper in there, and I want you to see this this morning. John has a way of using the time of day to make a really important spiritual uh, truth, teaching us spiritual things. I'll give you an example. The best example I can think of is Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to Jesus. Now, John's gone through this whole process of telling us, you all hang with me here for a second, okay? John has gone through this whole process of telling us that Jesus is the light of the world. And then he comes in the next, chapter 3 and he says, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And you get this, if you think about it, you almost see the humor in it. Nicodemus came to the light in the dark. 
And I think the same thing's kind of going on here with Mary. Mary uh, was going to the tomb looking for Jesus, but she was still in the dark. She had not had that recognition, that transformational moment where she realized this really is the Son of God. That, that thing that I'm praying for and I'm hoping for and I'm believing for you this morning, she had not yet had herself. She had not come to realize this Jesus really is the Son of God. You say, Pastor Barry, I think you're reading way too much into that. Well, I understand how maybe you could believe that, but just look, look at this with me for a second, okay? Look, look at verse 2. I, I want to read a couple things here that Mary said. Nowhere in any of this does she talk about Jesus maybe rose. It's always somebody stole his body. Verse 2, it says this. They've, she, Jesus comes and tells the disciples, she says, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've laid him. We jump down a little bit further to verse 4, and she says, They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. We go down just a few verses further than that. She's talking to Jesus himself, thinking it's the gardener. And she says, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have told him, where you have laid him. And the same thing's true this morning. I, I want you to see this. This whether, whether that was John's meaning or not, the truth is Mary Magdalene came to the grave looking for Jesus in the dark. And you say, Pastor Bray, okay, I get your point. What, what, why, why do I care? Why does that matter to me? Well, I'm going to tell you a couple of things that really need to make it matter to you this morning. If you're a Christian, you're a believer this morning, understand this. Mary had seen the miracles. Mary loved Jesus. Mary had been set free by Jesus. Mary herself had heard that at the feet of Jesus and heard his teachings for quite some time, most likely. And yet Mary herself still was in the dark. Now listen to me, Christian, this morning. This is why Easter is so important. Don't guard your heart. Don't ever... Come to the place where Jesus, church, religion is just what you do. Because you can do that. You can, you can lose that transformational recognition that Jesus is the Son of God. And what he says, we can believe because he rose from the dead. So that would be the first truth in there. I believe all of us, including me, this pastor, needs to get a hold of and needs to hang on to. Guard our hearts. Don't let it just become what we do. Don't just let it become what we believe. Keep it deep in, in, in the depths of our heart, our soul, our spirit, our passion. Jesus was God because he did rise from the dead on the third day. And, and I would say it for those of you that maybe yet haven't had that transformational moment in your life. Um, keep looking. You see, Mary came to the tomb. Even though she was still in the dark, she came to the tomb. And Jesus loved her so much, he met her there. And, and some of you, I suspect, a, a couple places in here, I wanted to say this. Um, you would say, Pastor Barry, I want to believe, but I just can't quite get there yet. And I want to say to you this morning, if that's you, don't quit. Don't give up. Continue to seek after that, that transformational moment where you realize Jesus really is the Son of God. You know, this morning, I want to look this morning at, at an, another um, one of our three people. I want to look at John for a minute. So turn with me, or stay with me here, if you will. Uh, let's look at John chapter 20 again. And let me just read about, this time I'm going to read about 10 verses. Now on the first day of the week, we've read this, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Now let's look at John and Peter. So Mary ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, which is John, 
the one whom Jesus loved, see what he says about himself, and said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they've, they've laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going towards the tomb, and both of them were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first, and stooping to look in, he saw the linen clothes claws lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen clothes lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. And then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. And I want to talk this morning for a minute, because maybe this is some of you. I want to talk a little bit about John's journey to transformation. Again, he lived with Jesus. He had seen the miracles. He'd done all this, but he still didn't get it. Jesus really was the Son of God, and he's going to rise on the third day to prove it. Um, it says in verse 8 that John saw the empty cloth, and he believed. Now, let me just talk about that for a second. Why? Now, remember, Mary, when he showed, she showed up to talk to uh, John and Peter, she said, hey, they've stolen his body. And I can almost see John. He's ran to the tomb. Peter's ran to the tomb. John's ran to the tomb. And he gets to the open tomb, the open, open sepulcher, and he looks inside and he sees those cl that cloth there. And I suspect John, his mind, he, he was a thinker. John was thinking this. Okay, something's going on here. Grave robbers? Okay, I, maybe grave robbers. I kind of thought grave robbers probably did this. I kind of thought grave robbers probably took Jesus. But, now, wait a minute. Grave robbers don't break into a tomb, take all the cloth and, and clothing off of the dead body that's been in there for three days, fold it up nicely, and then carry the body off. That doesn't happen. Some, John, what did John believe? We don't know what exactly he believed. We know he wasn't quite to the place of believing maybe Jesus had risen from the dead because the next verse says they didn't yet understand the scriptures, but he was beginning to believe something. Now, now listen to me this morning. For some of you out there, you want to believe, and it's, and it's a journey, and you're struggling, and you say, Pastor Barry, I want to believe. I want to what I, again, I want to say to you is don't stop seeking. Don't stop asking. Don't stop looking, because just like John, for many of us, it's a, it's a journey to transformation. And what happens is the deeper into this journey we go, the more we begin to experience the love of God in our hearts, and we begin to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit working in us, and it begins to impact us, and it begins to, 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 to bring us to a place of having that moment where we realize, wow, Jesus really did rise from the dead. And if he really did rise from the dead, then he really was the Son of God. And if he really was the Son of God, then my sins can really be forgiven. And if my sins really can be forgiven, then I have to believe that he's, when he says I'm going to be resurrected, he's right, and I can't live forever. That must be true. And I want you to have that, that moment this morning. And, and listen to me, Christian, this morning, some of you out there, you have family that hasn't come to that place of transformation yet. Don't miss this. Don't, don't be frustrated. Don't be angry. Don't be discouraged because it hasn't happened in a moment, in an instant like we, I mean, we all want it to happen right now. And realize that, that it is a journey and it's a work. And, and here's the thing. It's a work of the Holy Spirit inside of them. So believer, that should say something to you. Pray for them. Don't ever stop praying for them. Praying, God, open their eyes. God, let them feel your love. God, let them know your presence. God, 
continue to pull him and draw him and, and, and attract him. Don't ever, because John himself, John who called himself the beloved as he wrote this gospel many years later, John himself, it was a transformational journey that he was on. So don't be surprised if your, your sons and your daughters and your spouse and your brothers and your sisters and your neighbors have to go through that same process. And understand part of that process is coming to realize the love of God, which the Holy Spirit burns inside of us. So pray for them. The other thing I would say to you, Christian, this morning is there, there's two ways that God expresses his love. One is through the working of the Holy Spirit on the inside. The other is through us believers showing people the love of God from the outside. And, and I would ask you this morning, when it comes to this thing of loving God, when was the last time, or today on this Easter, have it, has there been a time where you've actually loved somebody who wasn't a believer in a way that they knew you were loving them? You say, Pastor Perry, what do you mean? I mean, have you been kind to somebody? Have you treated them with goodness? Have you shown compassion? Because see, when we do this, when we treat people with kindness and goodness and compassion, and, and we let them know, you know, I'm this way because Jesus lives inside of me, it says something to them that, wow, if that guy's really that different, then maybe this whole thing is something to consider. And, and, and there comes a point where there's a transformational moment where you realize Jesus really did rise from the dead. He really did rise from the dead. Let me take a minute and let's just talk about Peter because it was not just John that ran to the tomb, it was Peter. Okay, Peter ran to the tomb. And there's something really weird going on here because remember what I said about Peter? Peter was the impetuous one. Peter was the one that always had something to say. Peter was the guy that was always first, and when he showed up, he was, he was in with both feet. And yet, it tells us in the story that I just shared with you this morning, John ran on ahead and Peter fell behind. Why do you suppose that is? I'm going to tell you why I think it is. Now, I wouldn't argue or fight too hard with anybody about this, but this is, this is what I suspect because Peter was always first. I don't think it was that Peter had been eating too much pizza. I don't, I don't think pizza had, Peter had had a big pizza night the night before, and he was just feeling really weighed down and heavy, and he couldn't get ahead of John and John beat. I don't think that's what it was. I think Peter was struggling with a different kind of weight. I think Peter was struggling with the guilt and the knowledge that I've rejected Jesus. I think Peter was struggling with the frustration that Jesus, I thought, was going to be the one that set my people free. Um, and, and threw out these Romans, and it didn't happen, and now he's dead. I think Peter lagged behind because he was carrying a terrible weight. It was the weight of hurt. It was the weight of anger. It was the weight of betrayal. And I want you to see this morning this because, um, again, some of you, I believe, out there maybe are struggling with letting God have this transformational moment in your life where you realize Jesus really did rise from the dead. And what he said, I can believe, because of hurt or anger or betrayal. Now listen to me, it may be that somebody's hurt you, or somebody's betrayed you, or somebody's made you angry. It could be a Christian, it could be a church, it may be somebody completely apart. You may be angry with God because he didn't do what you expected him to do. It may be this morning that you're even hurt and angry at yourself, and it may be all of those things, but those are things that keep us from having those transformational moments this morning. I want you to see this, but here's what I want you to know. Even though Peter was there Peter was the last one to get there because he was weighed down by this stuff. And then when Peter got there, I think this is a lesson that John teaches us from silence. Peter, the guy who always had something to say, what I just read to you, he had nothing to say. But I want you to know this. God never stopped chasing after Peter. Once Jesus was, was, was seen by many, Jesus made a specific point to go to Peter and say, Peter, listen, do you love me? Now, I want you to get this this morning, okay? Jesus never stopped pursuing Peter, but there still came a moment. And if you're hurt this morning, I don't make light of your hurt. If you're angry this morning, I don't make light of your anger. I want you to see this this morning. But there still comes a point where you have to make the decision 
Now, I don't know where that point is, and I'm not trying to push you this morning, but there still comes a point, even through the anger and the hurt and the betrayal, where you have to say, Jesus, I don't get it, and I hurt, and I'm struggling, but yes, I choose to love you. And that's what happened with Peter. I want you to see this this morning. God will never stop loving you. Let me give you this last one as I close this off, and it's Mary. Mary Magdalene, Mary the one who was um, demon-possessed, seven demons it says. Let me read verse 11, and I'm going to bring this to a close. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stepped, stopped, stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. Now get that just said her name, probably tenderly, probably carefully, but he said Mary, probably Miriam is what he actually said. And she turned to him and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. There was her transformational moment. I have seen the Lord. There's a moment I want you to have this morning and that he had said these things to her. Just a couple of things I want to bring out as I bring this to a close this morning. For Mary, all it took was a moment where Jesus said one word, said her name. And it's really easy to believe that that's all it should take for anybody to have that transformational moment where we realize Jesus really did rise from the dead on Easter. But we got to look at the whole of Scripture this morning. And, and we got to understand that everybody, I believe, comes to know Jesus a little differently, okay? For Mary, it was just hearing her name. But, but keep this in mind. It was just a short time later that Peter and John and those that I talked about that didn't quite yet get it, one day they've gone back to their work, they've gone back to their jobs, they've gone back to fishing because they've, they've still not fully got it. Jesus rose from the dead. They've gone back to their homes. They've gone back to trying to make a living, and they're struggling because they can't get any fish in that net. And one day they're out in their boat, and a man, a stranger, walks up to the edge of the place where they're fishing and says to them something crazy. He says, hey, guys, Take your net and throw it to the other side of your boat. And if you'll throw it to the other side, you'll, you'll catch fish. And in that moment, it says, when they threw the net to the other side and the fish were pulled out, in that moment, they had their transformational moment. They came to believe, gee, that's Jesus. See, for them, it was Jesus stepping in and providing them food, fish, care, love, in a very practical way. And they knew that's Jesus. And then there's a story, there's a story on the Emmaus Road of the disciples that they themselves um, were walking with Jesus and didn't yet realize it was Jesus. It says their heart burned within them, and then they, they still didn't quite get it, and they sat down with Jesus, and it says when they broke bread, when he broke bread, and it was breaking of bread in that time of fellowship with them, it says their eyes were opened, and they, they had their transformational moment. Jesus did rise from the dead. 
And listen, some of you this morning, it may be seeing God step into your life and provide and care for, for you. Some of you, it may be just a very intimate, quiet moment with God where Jesus speaks your name in some spiritual way and, and says to you, I love you, I care for you. For some of you, it may be fellowship with Jesus with, where, and, and, and probably more with the people of God and breaking of bread. But all of those ways are different ways we come to know Jesus and realize this thing of Easter is really, really what we base our beliefs on. It's real. There's no single way to come to know it, come to know him. And the most important question I can ask you this morning is this, where are you this Easter? Where are you on this journey that we're talking about? Have you had your transformational moment? Have you kept your transformational moment where you know on this Easter Sunday, Jesus rose from the dead, therefore he is the Son of God, therefore I can believe my sins are forgiven, therefore I can believe I will be resurrected, therefore I can believe I can have eternal life, because what we believe matters. But let me say this as I close this this morning, not only what I believe matters, but what I choose to not believe also matters. Let me give you this illustration, and it's simple, and, and maybe it's just too simple, I don't know, but I hope it gets the point. If you're sitting on a train track, and you're looking down the track, and you see a light bearing down on you, what you choose to not believe matters. Because if you don't believe that's a train, that's a really big deal. Because if reality is that is a train, then you're putting your life and your future at great risk. It's the same thing. What you believe matters. Jesus rose from the dead. What we choose to not believe also matters. It can put us in a really dangerous place. You see, this morning our sins are forgiven. Or they're not, depending on what we believe. You see, this morning we will experience resurrection and eternal life. Or we won't, depending on what we choose to believe. Our belief matters. What we believe matters or not. And I ask you this morning, what do you believe? You see, Jesus is God and his resurrection this Easter Sunday assures it. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you're out there, if you've not kept your relationship with him alive or if you've never started it, will you do this with me? And we're going to pray here in just a moment. And I'm going to ask you where you're at. If you will do this, um, pray this prayer with me. I'd love to see you to have that moment of transformation today and see Jesus become your Savior. If you'd like to do that, if you're out there and you'd like to do that this morning, pray this prayer with me. It's going to be briefly brief, and then we're going to take communion together, and we're going to celebrate Jesus' death and his resurrection. Pray this prayer with me this morning if you want to have your moment of transformation right now. Jesus, I love you and I acknowledge you are God, and you died on a cross and you rose from the dead three days later. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I ask you to live with me and walk with me and help me to serve you. Jesus, I surrender my life into your hands. I acknowledge you as my Savior and my God. Amen. This morning, if you prayed that prayer, get this. Say, Pastor Bray, that was just way too easy. No, God doesn't make it hard. He just makes it, it's got to be sincere. And if you prayed that prayer this morning, then you can be confident. If you prayed it from the depths of your heart, you can be confident your sins are forgiven and that you have a resurrection ahead of you and eternal life. You can have that confidence because we have the confidence Jesus rose from the dead. Say, Pastor Bray, I don't know that I believe. I, I'm not going to go into the proofs this morning. I just that, That's a different direction for the sermon, but I'll refer you back to last Wednesday night. We talked a lot about it. So go back to our YouTube channel and look there if you want to see the reasons it makes sense to believe Jesus really did rise from the dead because he did. He did. Hey, listen, this morning we're going to take communion together. So I want you, if you would, to get the cup and the bread that uh, hopefully you've been able to get together.
And we're going to do this this morning. We're going to share in this together, even though it has to be by live stream. And uh, as I said, uh, we practice communion as a church. It's a symbolic act. Uh, this isn't the thing that saves us. This is the thing where we remember what Jesus did for us to save us. And we have scripture. Um, and let me just read this this morning out of uh, 1 Corinthians. This was the example that Jesus gave to us. He said, for I received, or Paul gave to us about Jesus. He said, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This morning on this Easter, what a great day to remember what Jesus did on Good Friday. If you've got the bread this morning, if you would take it and just hold it, and I'm going to pray, and we're going to take it together, and we're going to remember that Jesus' body was broken. That dying on a cross wouldn't mean anything except for today, because his broken body on the third day was risen. So let's take of the bread together. Pray with me. Jesus, this morning we remember your body that was broken. We remember that three days ago you hung on a cross and you took the penalty for our sins upon yourself. We remember that three days ago you died, you were beaten and you were crucified and you became a curse for us. We remember that. And this morning we celebrate not your death, but we celebrate your resurrection on Easter morning. And we thank you. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you. We thank you that you took our sins upon yourself. We thank you that you paid the price, that you brought justice. Lord, we thank you, and we give you the praise. John, or, uh, Paul goes on and tells us in 1 Corinthians, verse 25, in the same way he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And we want to do that this morning. We're going to take the cup that is a reminder for us of his blood and the price he paid. So let's take of the cup together, if you would take it with me this morning. And again, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your body that was broken, and we thank you for your blood that was shed. Your word tells us that there is no remission of sin apart from the shedding of blood. And Lord Jesus was so incredible. He was God himself become flesh uh, that he was able to die and his blood was shed to cover the sins of the whole world. And this morning we remember that. And we remember that we know you are God because you rose on the third day. And we thank you for that. And we give you the praise and we give you the worship. And we just ask you today, God, help each one of us to keep alive in our heart that transformational moment where we came to realize Jesus really is the Son of God and my sins really are forgiven. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, it's so good to be with you on this Easter Sunday. I wish it were a little different format, as I know you do, but it's just good to be with you. It's good to take communion together with my family. And we thank you for joining us today. Um, miss you guys, all of you. Proud of you. Love you. Pray for you daily, regularly. And uh, pray for one another. You know what? Be the church. Be the people that are good and kind and compassionate. Let people see the love of Jesus in your life. Let me just encourage you to continue to do that. Um, if there's anybody out there this morning that needs to hear this message, have a watch party, share it, like it, get it out there. I'd love to hear stories of people hearing this message, not because I preached it, but because God is behind it. 
that through this Easter and this unique way of having and being the church, they come to accept Christ as their Savior. I've got family, I've got friends um, themselves need a relationship with Jesus, and I know you all do too. So let's continue to get the message out there and live the message out there. And believe with me, God is going to do something great through all this crazy that we're living through right now. Love you guys. God bless. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.